The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Right here on 960theref.com. All right, this is episode number 176 of the crossover. David Johnston and Jeff Dantzler coming at you. Thanks so much for joining us here. And uh, we do appreciate you listening to 960 The Ref. Also, the 960 The Ref app. And if you've got uh, a, an iPhone, you can go to the App Store. If you've got the Android, Google Play, and download the app. We uh, certainly enjoy everyone that uh, has told us good things about the app and getting to listen to Georgia sports. If you're within that 75-mile geofence of Athens, you can listen to Georgia football and the Lady Dogs and Georgia basketball and Georgia baseball on the app. And if you had the app, you would have also just gotten a notification that Tiger Woods was involved in a um, in a single car accident. And uh, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. So, Jeff, uh, first of all, good to see you, my man. And uh, secondly, I don't know how much we can say because we just don't we don't have any of the details right now other than literally something that we're just getting some of the uh some of the stuff uh right now and and uh hopefully you know first and foremost tiger's okay and and uh you know we are certainly all thinking and praying and all that stuff um but uh not i I don't know what else to say other than let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope he's all right i I know it was one of those deals i actually got the news uh, just about the same time you did i'm sure when i was pulling into the parking lot and thinking okay here we go to record this on a tuesday afternoon and again hopefully he's okay and you know it's 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 nothing life-threatening or anything that would be uh, major as far as his abilities to, to function every day. But, uh, you know, you would certainly think with golf or the Masters just being less than two weeks away. I mean, this is uh, – because the early reports are that it is being classified as leg injuries. Yeah. So, you just – you don't know. And, I mean, it's – it's Well, he did the interview with Jim Nance on Sunday mm-hmm. at the uh, – at the Genesis Invitational at Riviera, which I love that place. Awesome. And um yeah, he didn't sound like even even then because his, his recovery from his back injury or his mm-hmm. back surgery that he would be able to play. He didn't really say, Oh, I'm definitely gonna be there. It sounded like there were a lot of question marks when he I think he Jim Nance asked him about it. he said, Well I hope so, but he didn't really sound like he was completely positive about all of that. And then golf Twitter blew up that he looked a little, you know, just I don't know what. I mean, again, it's hard to sit here and and speculate on anything. Uh, just hopefully he's he's okay. Well, and I think the the thing with Tiger, uh, amongst his uh, many accomplishments and accolades, and, and obviously his his off the courts um, yeah. exploits have been well documented. But I think another thing he's had that no other elite golfer since ben hogan has had and of course hogan had the 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 car accident which i still when you look at the pictures it's amazing that 
that, that he survived that that he and his wife yeah, not survived just that. came back to have one of the greatest seasons in the history of golf but that he was even alive yeah it's it's incredible i mean in two of the next three years when he got back healthy he won the u.s open and the masters in the same year and in one of those years he also won the british open but you know that was just some some good old american ingenuity a good old strong american car and and somehow he made it through but dave you think about that since and, and not to say that there weren't some times when you know guys had some aches and some some bumps and bruises but when you think about uh, Sam Sneed and Gary Player and, and Jack Nicholas and Tom Watson and Arnold Palmer uh, there were there were never the the, the the severe injuries that Tiger has gone through and you know you think through all the different swing changes that he's had and that golly that that back has just been a constant source of pain for him and mm. I, I know and dave i know uh, anybody who's ever fought a bad back mm. or something it is completely debilitating and so I, I don't know if this is one of those things that that could have led to the accident who knows again we're just sitting here speculating but yeah, the only but obviously when tiger yeah. woods who's not only one of the most famous golfers one of the most famous athletes he's one of the most famous people in the world oh, absolutely you, you, you get news like this and especially in our neck of the woods with the masters just around the corner sure i mean that is i mean uh, just because of the sport he plays and who he is I mean, think like not talking about the our country, but worldwide. Like, say how much, how many more people know who he is than say like Tom Brady? Oh gosh, yeah. Um, who plays American football? Mm-hmm. Or uh, you know, I was going to now LeBron James. Obviously, there's worldwide appeal with basketball and the soccer players, but you know, someone like um, I would even think maybe like you could say Bubba Watson or John Isner. Mm-hmm. Probably they're more famous worldwide than say like Tom Brady. Oh, I would because agree with that. Because of the sport they play. Yeah, because Bubba and and Big John are both huge in Asia. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously in, in Australia. Yeah, and, and just all over the world. Like you know, you're popular when like you can just say Tiger Woods was injured in a car crash. You don't have to say pro golfer Tiger Woods was injured. You, know, you don't have to say who it is. Very, very you true. You can just say the person's name. He, he is, uh, I, I guess we would call that just that crossover mm-hmm. fame. And uh, so that's, uh, holy cow, just one of those. Ah, we'll come in and, you know, chat about the Bulldogs. Had a great day on Sunday. Looking forward to this week. And you get this story again. Hopefully, I mean, literally, he's okay. ESPN.com. I'm just reading what they have that said he has. Um, multiple leg injuries oh my gosh so again that's all we know right now and uh, this is not a whole lot for us to say because if you're listening to this right now it might be five days from you're when we recorded this yeah exactly than while so we're all talking. we can say is that we certainly hope that uh you know he is you know he's going to be okay and 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 that kind of thing but it is it's crazy it, it really it is. is boy it's it's nuts and just you know and again this is an accident here but the the, the off the course j- just news with tiger through the years I mean, just going back to that thanksgiving of 2009 and then when all the news yeah. it all came out mm-hmm. and but again i think a, a lot of that too gets just back to the crossover fame that he's had now i'm sure with the, the timing of all this too is right after hbo has aired the tiger piece as well so yeah, he's always in both, the news uh, episodes I, I saw the first one okay. yeah i okay. haven't seen all of the second one yet uh, first one was really good then when it ends with rachel uka tell city <laughs> all right tell me what you want me to say i was like oh boy so well, the second one was a little tawdrier is that the right way of putting yes, it than yes, the yes. Uh, first one but i you know i don't know that i learned 
a ton that I didn't think I already knew. Maybe some of the, the little details of what she was saying, but it wasn't like anything that I just sit there and, and yeah, we thought. all knew oh, all that. Yeah, yeah. The, the most interesting part to me in the first one was when they interviewed. I guess that was his his high school girlfriend going yeah, into college, yeah. and it had just some whole movies of him relaxing at her house, goofing or being a normal teenager. And then he writes her a note. Oh my god! Well, <laughs> with, with, with Earl holding him at gunpoint, <laughs> yeah. there it sounded yeah. like so. Yeah, that that I thought was the most fascinating in terms of learning something we really yeah, didn't know about him already. Seeing that part of him, we just we. Had hadn't seen before because he would he would be a guy you know when you think about a percentage of your lifetime being known i mean when was the first time he was on the tonight show what was he like four years old he was on the show that mike douglas piece uh-huh uh yeah when he was just a yeah like a four-year-old so and it was crazy because wasn't bob hope and I want to say Jimmy Stewart were like on that episode or whatever. It's, it's incredible. So th- this guy, maybe more so than than anybody ever, he's been famous for like ninety five percent of his life. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, unless you're talking about like you know uh, Prince William or so, you know when sure. you when you're born into royalty. But that's that guy, essentially, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, he's he's been in the public eye for that long, and you know becoming. I believe he was the first and only to win. Th- three junior amateurs and then he's the only player or the first uh i don't know i guess bobby jones won three but when three in a row u.s amateurs and then he, he goes on and so know. he he had the string what is seven straight years where he won three u.s juniors mm-hmm. three u.s amateurs and the with masters. an ncaa title mixed in there right, right. And, and then, then he the, won masters. the masters so 91 92 93 yeah, he just, 94 95 96 and then he won the masters in 97 so literally in a, in a seven year seven season period he won a masters six usga championships and a national championship individually i mean that is yeah. incredible in match play too for the usga oh, stuff yeah. incredible no it, it really incredible. is so, i mean just just the legacy that that, that he's carved out there. I mean, it's, uh, again, like I said, I'm sure for everybody listening, don't these idiots know the full story yet? But as we record here on a Tuesday afternoon, just after 3 o'clock, this news is all uh, very fresh. Yes, and we want to quit talking about it, but it's it's hard to when, when, it's, when it's fresh like this. So, uh, again, when we meet next week, we'll mm-hmm. obviously have much more to talk because you and I are – both gigantic golf fans oh, we love uh we love it and you know you get excited when the tour switches from riviera and then heads to the uh to the east coast and heads to the florida swing although this week it's the uh the the wgc event at the concession course what year so what year was that was that 69 Ryder cup the concession which is what this is named after uh, with um, Tony with, Jacklin yes, and Jack and, Nicholas, and it wound up we had won it previously, and uh, it, and I said in the piece Jack he said in there he he said hey. I didn't think you were going to miss the putt, but I didn't want to give you a chance to do it. So it wound up being a draw, but yeah. we retained the cup. Sam Snead was a captain, apparently was not happy about that. <laughs> but as, as Jack Nicholas said, the Ryder Cup, it's supposed to be about fun and about sportsmanship. Yeah. So that's what it is named after. And Jack Nicholas also, he he saved the Ryder Cup because it was his idea to bring all of Europe. Europe into it because it wasn't a fair fight and you the just way look it at, was. I mean, the teams we were rolling out there in the 70s when it was Nicholas, Watson, Trevino, Irwin, Crenshaw. I mean, it was just, yeah, yeah. There, there, there was no way that 
England and Great Britain at that point could compete. But, right. But you had all these these young stars that were growing in Europe. And, of course, DJ, we saw it with that, that European invasion. They, they really dominated the Masters there for a stretch. You're talking about Longer winning two, Seve winning a pair. You know, Nick Faldo won three. Jose Maria Olathabal won two. You know, Sandy Lyle, uh, Ian Woosnam. So you had all these these great players from Europe coming in. And, and, and Jack Nicklaus gets so much credit because I, I can remember well, and I know you can too, like early 80s when the, the Swedish – tennis invasion was so big with yeah. Borg which led to Vlander, uh, Edberg our very own Michael Pernford sure. and you know we, we had McEnroe and Connors how much bigger the Davis Cup was in the Ryder Cup it wasn't even close. Yeah. The Davis Cup was enormous. It was and I mean, I can remember just living and dying with Team USA matches in the Ryder Cup. I and mean, I was reading something that there was a year in the early 80s that there weren't more than, you know, they said, five, 600 spectators there. But then all of us, that, that slow build and, and. And it really, I think it, the, the top kind of blew off at 91. 91 at Kiowa. Yes, at I the agree. The Ryder Cup then. That was the, I guess that was the big bang that of the Ryder Cup in the new era. And Longer it. missed a, a, it wasn't a gimme, but it was right. one that he probably makes more than half the time. I don't know, was it like a six or eight footer or whatever mm. it was? And the uh, U.S. won the cup because I think the the Euros had won it in '89, if I'm not mistaken. And, th- and that was the first time it had it had been quite some time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the U.S. got it back uh, in '91, but the war by the shore. And uh, it's funny because the PGA is going to be at Kiowa here in a couple of months. Hard to hard to believe. I, I know that's still that still doesn't make a whole lot of calendar. sense. But yeah, so. Uh, interesting stuff. So uh, the the uh, Bulldogs have four golfers that are playing in the WGC event. So. Bubba Watson, Brendan Todd, let's see, Kiz, and Harris English. And this is Kiz's first event since uh, he, he and his wife become, uh, oh, became yeah. parents again. So congrats Congratulations. to Kiz there. So hopefully he'll go out and play great. The great thing about these WGC events, and this is a classic case of the rich getting richer. You get a win. <laughs> you get some top tens. You get in one of these babies. Uh, a, there's no cut. Right. DJ, we can get us a check. I like that. Okay, B, uh, since there's no cut, everybody's getting paid. Uh see because of that you're accumulating points in dollars just when you're talking about the standings for the fedex cup and the world rankings so it it is a classic case of kind of once you get in that in crowd it's easier to stay in it than it is to get into it yeah for sure and again like you said events like this obviously they want to win they pay a lot of money but there's no cut you show up Play four rounds of golf and get your paycheck. Yeah, I looked. I and re- you remember Kiz saying earlier, uh, what was that, uh, the quote about, well, you, there's certain courses you can't win. I, well, and I'm Beth Page, and I can't remember what else he Why said. Why do you was play? Because well, 20th pays a lot of money. <laughs> Amen, kids. <laughs> Amen, kids. Uh, he is he is spot yeah. on there. I mean, I remember looking at This was three, four years ago, and I'm sure it's gone up by then, but uh, a couple of the elite guys didn't play the the tournament of champions in, in Maui and that just how could you not do that look last place there was something like I don't know like sixty eight thousand dollars for last place in Maui I, I, I finally heard someone say one day we're talking about Tiger and Phil and it's like why isn't Tiger and Phil playing and this is like because what this is is their everyday life that's right you know that's right that's right <laughs> so it's not the same thing to them no no they don't it, have to play in it and these other guys don't have to play in it either but you know you're most of the guys turn it into a 
two-week trip to Hawaii. Absolutely. Have a great time for their family in January. That's also an example, too, of where just the money, and you're happy for for the players and, and all the things that it's done for the game, but at the same time, the elite guys, they just don't play as much. Right. As they used sure. to, because you quote unquote, you don't have to. But I think, and gosh, I know you're just like me. Gosh, I've fantasized about being a great tour player and a Masters champion so many times. Like that West Coast swing, I would play every event. <laughs> I mean, I just, that's my favorite time of the year on the calendar. It's like, what are you going to say no to? You know, Palm Springs, Maui, Pebble Beach, Torrey Pines, Riviera, <laughs> you know, Phoenix. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the it's, West it's Coast swing. Is, and you mentioned uh, Riviera as well. I think, and, and I, I would put, Maui's 18th hole at the Tournament of Champions there at Kapalua uh, on that list too uh, and I think the Heritage uh, would be on there definitely Pebble Beach but if you're talking about top five or six finishing holes on tour Riviera is right there that that 18th hole is well, spectacular you started the the 10th hole is insane and oh then, my gosh you know and then you finish on 18 those are you know when I think of Riviera those are the two holes I think of in fact you know so when, if you were putting together a list of the the most famous holes that the guys play every year. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the most famous holes in golf. No, we're not talking about the road hole. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. But and I guess you know you could maybe leave Augusta out just for the purposes of this conversation. We'll non majors. So we're, we're not talking about Muirfield. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and then if you even and, want, if you want to leave Augusta out, I'd say to leave Pebble out as well because right. it's. Because yeah, it's exactly. as famous for the U.S. Opens as well. That, that's so kind of taking the British but Open courses, Augusta and, and Pebble, Pebble out. out. Okay. And we don't, you know, uh, some of the other U.S. Open courses that we but, don't uh, see Mine, yeah, wing as much. Foot. Right, right. But and I'm not saying the best holes, but the most famous holes these guys play every year. Number 16 in Phoenix, obviously yes. because yes. of the crowd. You know, you're men- we're mentioning number 18 at Riviera. You can probably throw number 10 at Riviera on mm-hmm. there, and uh, you know we could. I, I'd say, I'd say, I put 18 at Maui, too. I 18 think at Maui, yeah, the for sure. The par five downhill. And of course, it, then you get to the Players' Championship. You got the closing three stretch yeah. there. And I remember the, when they played it, it, it Doral there, uh, where where a lot of guys have gotten wet on 18, on 18. going into where Robert Gomez holed out to beat Greg Norman, oh. just adding to yeah. his bad luck but but no i'm with you i think 10 and 18 that just that the, the view on 18 at riviera and the uphill shot holy and it's moly. funny that homa missed that short putt on sunday and still came back to win the tournament and he had i mean it was a bad break and a good break on uh the playoff hole i guess it was 10 mm-hmm. where the ball rolled right up to the tree but he was able to play it up onto the green mm-hmm. uh, i mean it could have been the other side of the tree and he would have really been stymied uh, yes but that was an incredible shot and he's you know i don't know if you follow him on twitter but he's a good follow on twitter homa is and there's a good story there and by the way Finau's gonna win again and i think when he does he's gonna win like four tournaments in like a year and a half yeah what's his top 10 count at like 37 38 and i think he's yeah. won one time yeah but, but the guy he's one of the most talented players yeah. out there oh and, absolutely and you know he's he's insanely likable mm-hmm. and i mean oh yeah, good, yeah. i mean the thing he did he's, when he rolled his ankle at augusta and just hopped right back <laughs> up like, this there. is augusta i gotta suck so, this you know, up keep playing without shot like 68 yeah. on thursday he's probably thinking, if i have a broken ankle here i'm still I'm playing. playing i'm playing i'm playing i'm not so, gonna I mean, let this be the most embarrassing moment in my life everybody loves fee now and yeah I, i'm with you i think he's one of those guys that he is gonna break through here pretty soon 
All right, we um, obviously need to talk some Georgia baseball yes, as sir. the season got cranked up over the weekend. Georgia ended up winning three out of four against Evansville. Um, how would you describe the weekend? I thought it was a, a and I'm not talking about the Super Bowl the halftime Super Bowl show. Halftime. <laughs> no, I thought it was it was a good weekend for Georgia to take three out of four especially when you lose the first game. Yep. So that was one. And Georgia won game three, which was the back end of a Saturday doubleheader in a dramatic fashion. Dave had a great call. Cheney Rogers hit the game-tying homer. Then Riley King had a bases-loaded hit to win at the bottom of the seventh. And a bit of a bizarre game on Sunday. We only gave up one hit, but we walked 10 guys. So, you know, it was, it was great. Clunky. To, yes, clunky. But it was great to get off to a winning start. Eight freshman pitchers over the weekend. Yeah, so you know it's going to be. And, and when we, we've talked about this a lot on the broadcast throughout the weekend. That with virtually every high school season getting bagged last yep. year, for these freshmen, and I get it, there's summer ball and elite travel and all that, but for games that count – for places that have alumni, i.e. college and high school, they haven't pitched on a big stage in a game that, that I would say that really mattered, that people pay attention to, that fans pay attention to, since they were juniors in high school. That was 2019. Now, everybody's in the same boat, but it just so happens that this year Georgia has a lot of really young players. So I think that's factoring in a lot more for this team. But no doubt the early portion of the schedule, it's, you know, it, it's certainly softer, and Georgia needs to book – as many wins as possible. I mean, the grind of the SEC, it's always difficult. I looked, five of the top seven teams in the latest polls are SEC. We got nine teams in the top 25. And, and this year's schedule for Georgia is especially brutal just because of the travel in the SEC West with Arkansas and Texas A&M uh, rotating on there where they were last year. And you kept the same schedule as last year. But, I mean, this was one to me, 12 of 14 make it to the SEC tournament. If Georgia can go 500 or better and make the SEC tournament, I, I think this team has done very well. And, and as we say, if you can get around 500 in league play, uh, you, you're, you're probably going to be in a regional. And one, and if you get in, like we saw Auburn, can two, happen. Auburn went 14 and 16 two years ago and was in Omaha. We always point to Mississippi State in 2013. They went 15 and 15 and played for the national championship. So now this team's going to go through some growing pains. And you know when, when you just look at the firepower that Georgia lost on the mound, at the plate, and in the field off of last year's team, that's it's just a lot to replace. Well, it's weird that we used three more freshman pitchers this past weekend than we had extra base hits. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a great, uh, you know, that might kind of let you know where Georgia is. Just that one statement there that uh, we might see more small ball this year. May not have uh, the giant innings, although it was great to see Cheney Rogers hit that big three-run homer on on Saturday there to tie it in that second game but we may not have as much of that uh this year and we also we didn't have uh our projected top two pitchers in ryan webb yeah. and jonathan cannon so when when they get back and and they're back healthy that'll be big and and of all the young guys and there were a lot i mean luke wagner looked really good Jaden woods looked really good liam sullivan looked really good at the plate Corey collins I mean, Dave, you and I sat at it during the Friday game. He looks he physically, looks he looks like a 25-year-old big leaguer, yeah. and he's 18, 19 yeah. years old. 
Yeah, who I didn't get a season last year. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he hit 16 home runs as a high school junior. Yeah. And so he's and there, hey, he's look, there's a guy. probably going to be some growing pains with all these freshmen. Sure, that's, there are. That's part of being the freshman. We'll, we'll talk a, on a future uh, crossover podcast about the wall, the, the, the wall, the, the freshman wall, wall. That, that everybody hits. But I think big picture, DJ, it was just a win to to be back out at the field. It felt like baseball got hit uh, as hard, and especially college baseball, if not harder than any sport, uh, with, with everything that happened with the shutdown last year. So just to be back out at Foley Field. Uh, it, as many fans as we can get in we're getting them there just the scene out at the greenhouse in that area out there it was fantastic and and we we lucked it was, it was a little chilly but still the sun was out it was a beautiful weekend and a uh, great great start to the season and this weekend may have some weather issues but uh, hey it's only tuesday <laughs> it's, we'll just have to deal with that when we do by the way so again we're recording this on tuesday afternoon we'll be at the bus yard over at Panthersville, which, by the way, that stadium is now called Buck Godfrey Stadium, so I'm, oh, I'm glad that they call it that. The longtime Southwest Cab coach, uh, who we saw over oh, there, yeah. Quincy oh, yeah. Carter. Buck Godfrey and Billy Henderson had many a I mean, showdown we, through the years. Didn't, we didn't think about it at the time as what a gigantic, uh, you know, legendary matchup those guys always had. But, yeah, so the, the Dogs will play Georgia State on Wednesday at 3 o'clock and then back home uh, to play Gardner-Webb in a four-game series this weekend. Uh, Georgia State opened by splitting with West Virginia, and they're ranked number 14. Are they the 14th best team in the country? I don't know, but they're ranked number 14. So I would say Georgia State probably calls that a, a win by splitting the series. But here's... Here's their uh, next 13 games. What a schedule. Their next 13 games, Georgia State. Four at Vandy. Tech. By the way, these are all on the road. Three at Tennessee. Florida. Three at Kentucky. And then Clemson. And then they open up Fun Belt play at Louisiana Monroe. They're basically on the road for like a month. It's like uh, the circus coming to the, to the Omni and the Hawks having to having to leave town or whatever that's what it feels like and that what a i mean that's one of those where it's like well that'll put some hair on your chest it's like no that'll that'll give you a you know a heart attack yeah it could and that's where you know hopefully for georgia state i hope they don't beat georgia obviously but they got to find a way to win a couple of those games because like you said oh yeah yeah it'll make you tougher but i mean if you go through you go through a stretch like that and say go one and 15 that could beat you down hey guys we played the toughest schedule but still after a while losing like that could wear you out but like you said they split with west virginia they hung 20 on them in one game so yeah and the other games were close i wonder too i mean when we go over there tomorrow we'll we can ask around this just must be do you think they set their schedule this year to play these games on the road to, to, to get money out of it? Because normally, be. like this time of year, I was talking about this on the morning show, normally Georgia State's going to open the first weekend against like Drexel. Right. And then Just the northern teams yeah, coming down the to play. And then the next weekend, they're going to play, you know, Illinois, Chicago. And, and then the next weekend, they're going to host, yeah, another northern team. But this is completely, completely off the. Uh, 
off the charts of what you'd normally see. No, I, I think you're exactly right. And then maybe you're not incurring the, the, the cost yeah. of hosting an event. But, yeah. but we've certainly seen, I think Oklahoma came down a few years ago and uh, they played a season opening series. I think they played like, Kennesaw, yeah. then played Tech. Tech so yeah. you, know, you can come down they to, fly Atlanta. to Atlanta and play a couple sure. of different teams. Yeah, you can play five games. And I mean, I, I'm sure through the years, I know we've seen it in basketball that teams had come down, like you could play Georgia one weekend and Tech one weekend yep. and, and and play i'm surprised we don't see more of that to i be know. honest with you you know that might be an idea we could you know maybe set that up with say i don't know stanford and cal or usc yeah. and ucla yeah kind of that'd be cool yeah i, I think that'd be neat as friday well. sunday or something like that sure, or sure. thursday saturday or something well i guess if you did it in december is that what you're thinking that kind yeah, of situation we could do that or even i was thinking in baseball like uh they could both come here one weekend oh, and you're talking okay, the weekends and then My we can go basketball and but, but no, like they do. No, in hoops, absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah, play like say go out there and play Stanford on Friday. But no, you're and, right about baseball and for Cal sure. Cal on Sunday and, yeah. and have Tech do the opposite. I think that'd be fantastic for yeah. for baseball and basketball. I do too. I think and I think that would be a win for mm-hmm. not just the teams involved, but for college baseball to have that kind of a for thing sure. Going the, and the, the SEC, then you just hope the weather cooperates. Yeah, and then speaking of weather, they they had some in Texas last Ooh. week. Yeah, my dad and stepmom live in Dallas, and thank goodness uh, they didn't have any did, did major they make it damage. Back okay? They made it back. Excellent. But, I mean, Dallas is you know it's a I know I mean zero degrees in a blizzard in Dallas. It's a one in a hundred year. And it's type almost thing. March. Yes. Yeah. So th- they had weather, but they got in most of those games in Arlington. The SEC West did very well against the Big Twelve. Yeah. So shocking. The SEC. <laughs> Wait, the SEC did well. Super, super in baseball. Super strong this year. I mean, it's always good. But and, and and I think this year the other thing too, and you know, Coach Strickland brought this up with us that there were only five rounds in the draft. Yeah. And if you were a senior last year, you got to keep that that year of eligibility and, and they allowed teams to expand the roster. So th- this this is going to be one of the, the deeper years. It, I think for a lot of the spring sports, we're, we're seeing that. For like, sure. Like for golf, college golf. I mean, a lot of these guys are back just because they didn't have anywhere else to go. No, and like for us to bring back in golf, Trent Phillips – Spencer Rawson and Davis Thompson, all three of those guys. If we hadn't had a COVID year last year, then obviously at least two of them would be gone. Exactly. Yeah, but 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 I'm sure there's lots of other teams that are in the same boat because the the Corn Ferry Tour and I guess the qualifying stuff. They just extended their membership for another year, so a lot of these college guys. Just like, hey, I guess I'll go back to school and, and play there. Worst things to yeah, do. I was going to say, yeah. That, that's They'll thing. look back on it 30 years from now going, that was the best year of my life. And that was one that, you know, <laughs> we had talked about last year. It was shaping up before everything shut down. Their baseball team, uh, men's and women's tennis were both terrific. Men's golf was outstanding. And we're getting set for the NCAA swimming championships. And now, you know, here we are right at a year later. And you know, the, the men's and women's tennis teams are, are both excellent. You know, both track teams are doing great and you know now unfortunately baseball is the one that got hit mm-hmm. with the most talent loss of all of the teams because dave i really thought last spring was shaping up as a hey you know th- this might be one of those years we might win two or three sec championships you know may- maybe win a national championship this spring hopefully get to the college world series and you know it just we all know what happened but you know, I, I'm just so happy and, you know, as big as Georgia football is to, to so many people, and it's certainly been, you know, just the, the constant love of, of my life going back to since I was a little kid. But, 
I, I've really gotten to where these last few years, th this has kind of become my favorite time of the year when it comes to Georgia. It's just so much going on. And Sunday, we had one of those great days where, you know, baseball finished off winning the series. The women's tennis team beat Tennessee, and, and, and the Lady Dogs beat Tennessee. And, and, the, and the way our facilities are set up, all that was within – I, I don't know. I was not great at geometry, but <laughs> yeah. what with it about a, a thousand yeah. yards of each other, and you had you all these the events going deck on at the top. There, you can <laughs> see everything. Don't sit on the edge; yes. it makes us nervous. We don't like that. <laughs> we don't like that. So we're glad everyone's safe. By the way, so the Lady Dogs have their uh, final home game Thursday against mm -hmm. Kentucky, which essentially is the winner's going to get what a buy and or get the double buy. I yeah. guess. So that's that's big. In the and, SEC tournament and and it, well. Since Vandy's not in this year, you've only got one game on that first day, on the Wednesday. 12 versus 13. Yeah. But basically for the men and in most years for the women, the top four get a double bye into the quarters. The bottom four would have to win five times right, right. to get through there. You don't want to be in that bottom four. So <laughs> tough to win. Tough to win tough like to that. Win. But, yeah, so congrats. Although I'm sure Joni wouldn't want to hear that right now because they're in the middle of their season. Sure. Congrats on having a great season so far, but I still feel they would tell you they got more work to do. And that, that's the thing with that. She and I talked about this after Georgia won in Knoxville. Now, that was on a Thursday night, and we had Ole Miss at home the next Sunday. And it is – you want to capitalize on that momentum, getting a signature win like that. And Tennessee's Georgia's biggest rival in women's hoops. And – you know, to and now to sweep them. So you want to capitalize on that, but at the same time, you got to turn that focus mm -hmm. to the next game. That's a tightrope to walk because there is no doubt. I mean, in, in recruiting, we are, I mean, you talk about blowing the horn. <laughs> hey, we just swept Tennessee. Yeah. We're sitting here. You know, we, we got a chance to be a high, high seed. But then at the same time, I'm sure Joni is doing that. But at the same time, you got, you're got you trying to keep your players focused, sure. ready on the next game. But that's also where one of the big strengths for the women is it, it's a great quartet of seniors who start. So just, just having the, those four seniors, and that's Jenna Stady, Gabby Conley, Q Morrison, and Maya Caldwell, just ha having that group that's that's been through it, I think that's been a big plus. Well, it's been a fun season so it far. Been. So Kentucky Thursday and then uh, Florida on the road Sunday to close it out, and then we'll see how things go next week for the, uh, for the SEC tournament. Now, are you going to call those games – from Greenville, or are you going to be here in Athens? It all depends on how it coincides with a national pastime. Oh, excellent. So, depending on baseball. Yeah, just depending on how the schedules the work North out. North Florida mm -hmm. series, and that's, as of now, only a three-game series. Georgia's still only scheduled to play 55, so they still got one more they could add if they, if they so choose. So, we'll see how that plays out. The men host... Uh, LSU tonight, mm -hmm. and uh, they played a crazy game in Baton oh, Rouge man. back in January where the dogs, I still don't understand for as much as sports now goes to the replay, how there wasn't one on that play in the overtime. Uh, but, it should have been our ball. Yeah, yeah. And, well, that's not reviewable. Like, and what? We, we could do a few shows on what's reviewable <laughs> is not and what's not, but – LSU's very talented. I, the, the win over Missouri was so big after losing those games back-to-back -back at Tennessee and Alabama. Yep. And, and to come back and beat Missouri was, was big. This is uh, – I mean, the SEC, it's, it's brutal and everything. But, I mean, Hoops is very strong this year. I, I think, DJ, the middle of the pack in the league is better than it's been in a while. 
I agree. I do agree. I don't know if it's – I don't know. There's There have been eras and mm. spans of time where the middle of the pack might have been better than it is. Right. But it's deep. There's no question about it that. Has, I mean, it's to be not, as close to first as you are to last, I mean, that says a lot. Or does it? I mean, I don't know. I guess, you know, there's definitely Alabama and mm. then Arkansas and LSU are, what, three and a half back. But they're right. five games over 500 in the conference. And then – there's a big middle class right now. There is a big middle class. And it might not have the power, but but trying to – college basketball is undoubtedly – and it's great. We all love the tournament. But it's undoubtedly because of the one and done. And then when guys started, you know, going from high school and then one and done came in. It's the sport where the caliber of play and the caliber of players – and, and you know, call me a boomer and all – is nowhere close to what it was 30, 40 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because either Michael Jordan played three years, James Worthy played three years, <laughs> you know, Patrick Ewing played four years, oh, uh, Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler played three years. I always get the, the greatest basketball team ever assembled was the '92 United States Olympic team, the Dream Team. Right. Every one of those players played at least three years of college, except Magic Johnson, who played two. And we wonder why college basketball has a different identity now. It, it is. You know the coaches, but yeah, that's right. you don't know the players that much. And I think that's one of those things, too. You know, like with Kentucky struggling this year, and, and I mean, their, their fan base, like we say, take every SEC football fan base's expectations and just double them when it comes to Kentucky hoops. But if you're not winning every year when you're living and dying with the one and done, I think another thing that's frustrating for fans is you don't don't get to know your players exactly it's like minor league baseball right right they're in one year and they're out the next the next yeah all right name this player lsu player okay 15 games of 20 or more by a d1 freshman leads the nation i'm not and i don't mean i'm like i guess what i'm getting is i would think oh you must be talking about chris jackson, chris jackson. yeah or pete Mary. yeah oh, exactly. he's a sophomore yeah thing. exactly it's like no it's their current guy cameron thomas who might be the sec player of the year you don't know him. No, you don't. That's and, the thing. And he was, I guess, Thomas had killed us at the foul line yep. uh, down at down in Baton Rouge. Yep. But you know, he's a, he's probably going to be gone after this year. Oh yeah, he's. Uh, in fact, we looked at a mock draft this morning that had the Hawks taking him number sixteen. <laughs> L- let me so, amend my probably to say, <laughs> yeah, he's going to be gone. gone. After but this I was year. listening to ESPN Radio the other day, and they were like, "When we come back, we're going to you know tell you who we think is." Uh, gonna win the John Wooden Award and the you know the first team All AP or you know whatever and I was like oh gosh I, I, I I'm out I hate to I say know. that I'm out I don't I'm because I was definitely curious to hear who they were gonna say because it suddenly dawned on me that I didn't have much to to, to say in that conversation I know it, it takes me back and I'll always compare I remember the the 19 I think it was the 84 All American team if I'm off by a year don't don't put me in jail but I think it was the 84 All American team was Ewing Olajuwon, Jordan, Wayman Tisdale, and Dale Ellis. Mm. <laughs> and then the year before, you had a bunch of those guys and Ralph Sampson yeah, on there. You know, I mean, it's just – but, but again, those guys were great players, and they knew how to play. And that's why there were also much bigger rookie impacts – because you know yeah, these guys, and you're you're more mature. You you you've what, played three four years of college. What you're saying reminded me of something about that mock draft. Is like two of the top five are the, are G leaguers. So you, I mean, you so don't I know think them. that's going to be the route that a lot of these guys are going to take if they have to. Is instead of going to 
spend one year of college, they'll go to the G League and, and, and get ready there. And I don't blame them, to be honest no, with I you. Know. And, and I've always thought the one-and-done thing. To me, it, it's condescending to college basketball. Yeah. So well, you have to go to – oh, really? You have to go to a place like yeah. Athens or Tallahassee or Gainesville <laughs> or yeah. Auburn or Austin, uh, you know, Norman, Oklahoma, for a year to, to be the, the kings of campus and play. That's a, I, It would be better for the NBA and college basketball – if they would adopt the baseball draft rule. I'd settle for two years instead of three. But I, for whatever reason. this the NBA and the NCAA just don't. I'm sure it's more complicated than it seems, but. I know. It, it seems like there could be a win-win for everybody on this. Uh, I, I completely yeah. agree because it is. Both games were better when the guys were staying in college yeah. for three years. Yeah. You weren't getting guys coming to the NBA that that didn't have any wear and tear on them a little bit and i'm talking about playing college basketball the guys that played college basketball is great because you knew who the the superstar players were so it's it's kind of hurt both ways and then you think if you're 19 20 all of a sudden you go an 82 game schedule all that travel going up against 30 32 33 year old guys you see this young guy trying to take their job it is a different universe there. A di- and the well, other what's thing, the old saying about bringing a knife to a gunfight? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the other thing that happens, too, because I'm all about what, what's best for the game. And I remember we went through this with Travis Leslie, who was a fine player. It's like, oh, this kid's, he, you know, he's getting into, I think this guy's going to start to become a player for us. Then, I mean, he's as good a dunker as we've had since Dominique. He starts sort of, he's getting on these sports center highlights. He's averaging like eight a game. It's like, oh, this guy could be a first round pick. So what we're trying to think, hey, this guy might be on the verge of becoming a good everyday college player. It's like, oh my gosh, but we might lose him. Yeah. I That's know. hard. It is. It, it is. And, and um, you know, and just, he left. I, if, <laughs> if, if we could just, you know, figure everything else out ourselves, we'd be in, uh, I be agree. in great shape. I be agree. the czars of everything. Hey, we got to run. Okay, DJ. This has flown by, man. Time flies when, We've you're, given having some, fun. when you're having fun. We've given some, some bonus minutes here on the crossover. Deep thoughts. Yes. So it is Tuesday afternoon as we record this and uh next week we'll be back and certainly have another weekend of college baseball getting ready for postseason college basketball and uh see what's going on in the in the world of golf and keep our fingers crossed that uh tiger's not uh hor- yeah, I, well just that he's he's gonna be okay that's all we really know to say right now episode number 176 of the crossover it's because we're the morning show and the home team, and we are crossing over <laughs> for this podcast. And uh, we do appreciate you listening to 960 The Ref. And uh, if you've got the the iPhone, you can download the 960 The Ref app in the App Store, Google Play for Android's uh, users, and uh, all that good stuff. We got to go. We are desperately, desperately out of time. Enjoyed it, Jeff. Yeah, boy. Uh, can't wait till next week. Thanks so much for joining us here. On the Crossover Podcast, 960 The Ref and the 960 The Ref app. You've been listening to The Crossover on 960theref.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, 
You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.